Well, we welcome you back. I know pastor's gone. Looks like she took half the church with him. No, I'm just uh, When they hear the pastor's gone, if they even hear a rumor, say, oh, I don't have to go. Pastor's not there. <laughs> not here, right? Not here. Um, but I did call Ram. You know, I said, Ram, you going to be there? No, Ram's, Ram's with him. I said, Ram, I miss Ram. You sit over here. You're my backup, you know? What am I going to do without you? You know. So, so anyway. And, and I will also, I don't want to forget, I forgot last week, welcome Jessica. You know who know little Jessica sits over here? Yeah. She's watching, you know, and she was watching last week, and I forgot, I said I was going to say hi to her. But tonight, let everybody say, Jessica, hi. 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 <laughs> She's in Pennsylvania, watching, you know. So right <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Evangelistic school, man. So you're going to come back preaching to us, you know. So let, let's get right into the Word, because the reason we're here tonight is to, to, to teach you the Word of God over and over and over. Some of you said, man, not again. Yeah, again, you know. Again. Hallelujah. So let's open your Bibles to 1 Peter 2, 11 and the King James. And if you don't have a Bible, they'll put it up on the screen. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. Dearly beloved. Isn't that neat how God talks to us, you know? Dearly beloved, if, if you were never loved in your, in your whole life, once you understand that you become a kingdom citizen, every other word or every other scripture is going to call you beloved. You know, said, so, man, I've never been loved this much before, you know. Thank you, my father. But then the next uh, says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust. Now, the word beseech, when you study the Bible, you know, Understand each word, you know, so you don't just, it, it kind of passes you by. The word beseech, I don't know to you, but to somebody that was born and raised in a Mexican neighborhood, you know, that word just, you know, I, I never heard nobody say beseech, you know. Uh, and so I have to, I have to uh, study on it, you know. But, but the word beseech means to beg, to beg. <laughs> wow. So, 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 so you're. Actually, he's begging you. I'm not saying, man, I beg you. That's the Apostle Peter writing these love letters to us. I beg you, beloved. So, so why would we turn somebody that first calls you you're his beloved, and then he says, I beg you. It's time to pay attention, right? I mean, if he's begging me, man, I'm, I'm going yeah, to listen to him, you know? Because you're, you're pilgrims. Once you, once you become born again and you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you became a stranger to this land. You know, you're, you, can, you can walk around saying this over and over. I am, and I say it every day, all the time. I'm in this world, but not off the world. You know, I'm in this world, but I'm not off the world. So, so if you're, I'm a pilgrim, I'm, I'm, I'm abstained from, from what this world is doing, you know. And, and one of the things that had us bound before we got saved was fleshly lust. And what's a fleshly lust? It doesn't have to be sexually. Fleshly lust is that coconut pie, you know, or, or the, or the beer, or, or the alcohol, or the drugs, you know, whatever fleshly, it's fleshly lust that had you, you know. So now we're supposed to abstain from those, you know. Because why? Because he says, which lust, which, which war against the soul, war against your very soul, you know. I mean, you, you got a war going on in you, all of us, you know. When you understand that, then you, when you say I, who, who do you mean? I this body, I, this brain, or I, this spirit. See, when you understand who you are and that, you're, that your spirit became born again, when you say I, that's that man in here. 
Not, not this man out here or this man in here. The man in here, that's I. Okay? I, the spirit. And, and that I is warring against this I. See? It wars against your body and your soul, your mind. But the spirit, if you know who you are and you feed it every week, will always win. But if you don't feed your spirit, you get saved, you go home, and you just don't ever come back to church, you're still going to lose because your spirit is a baby and can't fight the, the body and the, and the cravings that you had for years, you know? Hallelujah. If you're a new believer, that's, that scripture might not make sense, you know, when you first come in, you know? So let me put it in plain English. Are you ready? Dear brothers and sisters, you're only visitors here, citizens of heaven, since, since your real home is in heaven. I beg you, keep away from evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you, for they fight against your very soul. Now, that's in plain English. Can you understand that? You know, that's, you know, what plain English, man, I, I'm going to have to listen. You know, I'm going to have to start knowing that there's a war going on, you know. Hallelujah. Hmm. You got to get this in your heart. That's why I, I keep preaching on it over and over and over. You got to get this in your heart. And once you get this in your heart, I'll know. Your neighbor knows. Everybody will know that something happened to you. See, Because it's in your heart. It's no longer just in your head, you know. And before it gets in your heart, you have to become obedient and teachable, you know. And I get all kinds of questions about whether I should do this and whether I should do that. And, and, you know, some people need marriage counseling and all this stuff. You know, my wife does this, my husband does, you know. And, and you know, the simple answer is so easy, you know, that you just sit there and listen to them. The simple answer is, are you ready to obey the word of God or not? It's not obey your husband or obey your wife or obey, you know. Are you ready to obey the word of God? Because the word of God says, if you obey me and you do and you follow my commands, I will bless you. And, and, and so obedience brings the blessing. And what happens when he blesses you? Why does he bless you? Because he likes you? Because he loves you? Because you know, He blesses you so you can be a blessing. He blesses you so that you can be God to someone else. I was at a restaurant this morning, you know, um, and three young men were sitting on the other booth, and I, I, I didn't recognize them, but one of them, came over and says, uh, you're Pastor Jesse, right? And I said, yeah. And I said, man, I, I remember we used to go to Faith Builders. That's a uh, church we went to 12 years ago, you know. We, went, we came here from there, or, you know, Pastor Sandy, Pastor Joel, we kind of started our own church. And uh, I didn't remember them, you know. And I said, wow. Wait, so I started preaching to them, you know, like I always do. And uh, there were three young men, you know. The one young man recognized me. There was two other young men. And see, finally, I said, are y'all serving God? You know, yes. You know, so, so I invited him to church, you know. And, uh, and then once I went, walked back to my table, I told the waitress, give me their check. The three of them, you know. So, so, so what, and the Lord put that in my heart. You know why I bless you? So you can be a blessing to others. Because if you didn't have any money, you, you, first of all, you probably wouldn't be there. And second of all, you sure couldn't pay for somebody else, you know. <laughs> I mean, you would be trying to get a coupon to go eat somewhere, you know? And, 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 and so to be a blessing, because you, if you take on the character of God, he blesses you. He says, I've never seen this, the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Why does he bless us? Because he, he gives you before you're hungry. He doesn't ever want you to go hungry. And we don't want no one else to go hungry. So we have to have enough to bless people. 
Hallelujah. Are you understanding this? Thank you, Jesus. Man, we, we started our, our study last week on holiness. Who, who remembers that? Some people get scared when they hear holiness. You know, oh, man, I'm, you know, like, you know, the, the, some people think they're holy. Well, we, we're supposed to be. You know, see, the world criticizes us. They think they're holy. Well, we, are, we, sh- we should be holy, you know. But, but, but they, they're right. Some people think they're holy, but they're not. Because they don't, they don't live a holy life. They just pretend, you know. So don't be a pretender. Hmm. So 1 Peter 1.16 in an NLT tells us, 1 Peter 1.16 in an NLT tells us, for the scripture says, what? You must be holy because I'm holy. Now, obedience is what gets everything done. Obedience brings the blessing. Obedience in scriptures like this, not just in giving and tithing, you know. I mean, that's part of it. But, but he says you must be holy. So if you're living like the devil out there, people seeing you, and you're not really, people can't, understand, can't see the holiness in you, then you're not obeying God. And if you, if you obey the scripture, then finances start to pour in because you're obeying him. See? Obedience brings the blessing. You must be holy because I am holy. Holiness means without sin. And, and you know what sin is. I don't have to tell you, you know. So, all right. Hallelujah. First John 1 John 1.5 tells us, and that, I, I taught that last week, God is light. Everybody should already memorize that. God is light. First John 1 John 1.5. In the Passion Translation, it says, God is pure light and will not find a trace of darkness in him. He's pure light. And you can take a magnifying glass or something trying to find some dark spot in God and you can't find it. It's pure light. Hmm. And when we repented of our past sins and made Jesus the Lord of our life, we became his children. The children of pure light. So you don't have to worry anymore about your father was an alcoholic or your father was a murderer or... You know, your, your, your ancestors know, because now you got a brand new papa, a brand new father, you know. <laughs> and he has no darkness in him. So, so if you want to be like father, like son, then I have to be pure light. You know, if people, th- let the world get mad at you if you're acting so holy. No, I am. I'm, you know, better get, becoming better and better, you know. Hallelujah. We became his children, and our hope is to live a life demonstrating his love and holiness. That's our hope. I want to live a life demonstrating his love and his holiness. Are you getting it? Like father, like son, or daughter. We need to desire to be like God. Can you yell amen to that? So what is desire? What does desire mean? Everybody has a different idea of desire, I bet you, you know. I desire you, I desire this, I desire that. Desire is to long or have a craving for something. And he tells us here that we must have a desire to be like him. A craving, I can't stand it, I got to be more like him. See, the way I decided to change my life was because I was hanging around with John Osteen and I wanted to be like him. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to be like, like the way he was raising his family. And then he would, I would drive him around. So he, he, we would go out to eat with Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Copeland and, 
and Lester Summerall and all those men of God. And I heard their conversations, and, and they were always talking about miracles and, and Jesus and what they saw here. And they, somebody got a brand new here and here and a, a new eye over here. And I'm like, I want to be like them. I want to I wanna be like them, see? So, so I, I had a desire, a craving to be like them. And any, any, anything that they had, they were men of God, pure, pure men of God. They gave up everything for the word of God. And so I wanted to be like him. You have to get a hold of somebody that's an example to you and say, I want to be like that person. I want to be like, and they, that person is godly and studying the word of God and teaches you. They say, man, I want to be like that, you know. Thank you, Jesus. We, we need to have that desire in us. To be like God. Can you yell out, amen. amen. And we can do it. See, I can do it. But, here's a but, we must work at it. It ain't going to come naturally. All of a sudden, one day you were, you know, uh, Joe Blow, and the next day you were like God. No. It was Joe Blow working at it and became like God. Hallelujah. Hmm. I said work. Don't be afraid of that word, work. Oh, no, work. <laughs> Some people are afraid to, to, be, to, to work. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be easier than this. But don't be like some. Now listen closely to this. Don't be like some that want to be liked so much by their coworkers, by their friends. Hmm. And, 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 and they tell your friend, no, no, don't get, don't get upset with me. I'm just like you. Except I believe in Christianity. So we can still go out to eat. We can still hang out, you know. I'm not, you know, because they think, oh, you're a holy roller. No, no, I'm, I'm just like you. Except I believe in Christianity. You believe in whatever, and I believe in Christianity, but we can still hang out. That's a lie. Don't be, a, you know, if they don't like you, who cares? You're lost friends, you know. <laughs> they don't have your father. Until they get saved, their father used to be your father. Hmm. A.K.A. the devil. I know that sounds harsh, you know. But you got to tell the truth. You said, look, I, I'm a spirit and you're, and you're not. I, I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't. So, so, no, I don't have nothing in common with you. I'm in the world but not off the world. You're, you're in the world and you're off the world. And you're going to hell and you don't get saved. I'm not, you know. I Me mean, tell them the truth. You are light to this world. You're supposed to be light to that friend of yours, not like covered up, like, oh, I'm like you. Don't worry, I'm, be like, I'm like you, you know. Or maybe I can drink one beer, you know, but I believe in Christianity, you know. If you obey this book of instruction, you will stay holy. The word tells us, honor your father and your mother. And if you do, if you obey my commands, I will let you live a long life and I will show you my salvation. How dumb can you be not to understand that? You honor God. You honor your mother and your father. You do everything the word of God tells you. He's not telling you to do something impossible. And then he will honor you with long life. Everything that you get is because something you gave. You give, he gives. 
See, turn to 1 Timothy 5.2 in the Amplified. 5.2 in the Amplified. This is all uh, instructions, you know, to live by. You know, you take notes. You say, man, I got to change because I, I don't think I've honored the people that I'm supposed to be honored. It says reprimand. Did you start at the same verse in verse 2? Verse 1, uh, reprimand an older man, but, but, but appeal to him as you would, like, uh, as, as you would to a father. To younger men as brothers. Verse 2, to older women as mothers, to younger women as sisters. He has, he has to this, uh, he, he adds to this category, being careful to maintain appropriate relationships. Are you listening? The Living Bible says, younger girls as your sisters. Thinking, thinking, say thinking. Only pure thoughts. If you still see a girl and you think ugly thoughts, then you better get right with God. Or, or study the Word of God or learn more. You know, I mean, you know, when we were lost, any, anybody walked by, we look. And we thought. So, so now you're supposed to control that. You can't look or you can't thought. You can't think. If there's anything that's not of God, don't think. It says only pure thoughts about them. Are you listening, man? Pure thoughts about them. I told you it was going to take work. It's not just going to appear all of a sudden. You got to make yourself, you're doing it and you find yourself doing what God said, and I'm doing it, Father, in obedience to your word. The Passion Translation says, with utmost purity. Now, some of you are thinking, I mean, it's going to be a little harder than what I thought, you know, <laughs> to be utmost purity. No thinking. Paul is instructing us, the church, say, I'm the church, the bride of Christ. I'm the bride of Christ to stay holy. Why would Jesus tell us to do this? Because we are his bride. You, know, you wouldn't want a bride that's, that's polluted in her brain. So you would tell your bride, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm the church. We are the church. He wants the church to be holy and pure. And, and when you're holy and pure, that turns to blessings every time without fail. Because there is no stinginess in you. There's no greed in you. There's no poverty mentality in you. Because you're blessed of God and you know it, you feel it. And all we have to do is follow his instructions. Those are instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ to us in his word. Can you do that? Okay, let's, let's go more word. Ephesians 4.17 in the Living Bible. 4.17 in the Living Bible. In the Living Bible, not the NLT. Uh, it starts with, let me say this, Ephesians 4.17. Who's back there? You don't have the living Bible? Okay. So, let me say this. Then, speaking for the Lord. Li live no longer as the unsaved do. Just underline that or remember those words. Let me say this. Speaking for the Lord. 
live no longer as the unsaved do. You're in this world, but you're not of the world. The unsaved are in the world. They live in this world, and they do certain things their way, but you no longer live that way. So that's why you can't hang out with your same friends, because they're going to talk about those things. I mean, if you're with one of your unsafe friends at work, and you're standing on the street, and you see a pretty girl go by, your friend might mention something about it, and you have to listen. Because that's what we used to do all the time. So now, in order to stay clean, clean and holy, stay away from your lost friends. And you can work with them, but you don't have to be sticking right next to them, talking to them, you know. Let them, th- let them look at you and say, man, there is something different about you, you know. Then you invite them to church. Then they'll sit here for like a couple of weeks, kind of like looking mad at me. And then all of a sudden, boom, they caught it. They caught the fire, you know. Yeah. For, for they are blinded and confused. Your friends are blinded and confused. God just told you that. So, so tomorrow, look at your unlost friend and say, look at him and stare at him. And say, oh. You know, I heard you were blinded and confused. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> Their closed hearts are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds against him. They've already made a decision and they cannot understand his ways. They already made a decision. No, I'm not going to church, you know. Why? You know, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm fine like I am. I'm happy. Yeah, you're happy, but you don't realize where you're going. And you didn't know you were blinded and confused. I got to help you. The old way has to go. Say, the old way has to go. In the message, it says, and, and as I must, and God backs me up on this, that there be, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed. So he calls them empty-headed, the crowd, or the empty-headed. They're, they refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They're crazy. They can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, <laughs> they let themselves go in sexual obsession. That's the number one sin in the world for men, mostly. You know, I don't know, maybe women too, but, but that is, that's what he said, you know. So, so it, it said addicted to every sort of perversion. So, you, so if your friends are lost and they're not saved. I mean, I don't mean they don't go to church. I mean, they're not born again, full of the Holy Spirit. Then they're perverts. And you might as well, you know. I, don't, I never brought any lost friends to my house or, or met, let them meet my wife or nothing. You know? They had to. Sometimes my son said, "Can my friend come over?" No. Why not? Lost friends in my house. You know, go meet them in the in, in the driveway somewhere. You know, I know how lost men are. You know. So write, so write this down, and don't let this notes depart from your eyes. That's why Bible study. Bring a note. You know, I don't. I don't. Preach like where you jump up and down and dance around the, the church. I'm, I'm giving you some information that goes right into your heart and becomes your success in life. And your marriage will last longer. Yeah. 
I've been married 40-something years, man, and I'm, and I'm ready for the end. So that I'm going all the way, you know. Hallelujah. Hmm. The Apostle Paul tells us, number one, that's your notes. Live no longer as the unsaved do, the empty-headed ones. Another translation puts it this way. You should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in the empty delusions. I hope you're getting this. Now you can now you can look, look at your friends in a different light. Man, I didn't realize, man, you're crazy. You know? <laughs> and please, let me tell you, please, please don't take counsel from them. Please don't say, man, hey, I need to talk to you, man, because I know you've been around for a long time, you know. You're like 45 years old, you know, and so you've probably seen everything and you know, let me tell you, what, what should I do with my wife in this case? Man, get, you better get away from him. <laughs> How many born-again saved believers am I teaching tonight? All right. Thank God that he changed our heart. We were once the unsaved, the empty-headed, the mindless, the blind, the confused, our heart was full of darkness. We were. If you're not saved tonight, or you never prayed the sinner's prayer, then I hope that you get really mad at me for calling you all those names. Mad enough to run up here and let us pray with you tonight so that you can become born again. Yes, get mad. <laughs> I had to get mad. I went, I went to, a, and there was a teacher called Norval Hayes. You all know him because that's the old school preachers, you know. But Norval Hayes, man, he, was, he gave it to you like it was. And that's where I learned how to, how to talk kind of like that, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and before I realized that, that he, you know, he, he used to call us flakes. You're just a bunch of flakes. And I'm, I'm like, what's he talking about? He don't know me, you know. <laughs> before I realized that he was right, that I was a flake. <laughs> He said, you're a flake. Hmm. And he was right. I was so far away from God, lost, full of darkness. I had lost all reality, addicted to all sorts of sin. And, and some that are, that are hearing me tonight, maybe uh, you're the same way. Maybe you're on YouTube and you're hearing this. Are you just like that, like I was? Man, I was full of sin. I was, man, I, any, any, as long as my wife didn't know, I was doing whatever I wanted to do when I was on the street. I mean, so I had to change. I know that he, that he was right. I was, I was stupid. I was a flake. I was blind. And when I heard all that, I got mad. But then I got mad enough to get saved. So don't get mad at me. The, the word of God says all this. He tells us, don't. Everybody say, don't. Or do not live any longer like the world. Like your old, unrenewed self. You're the example to tell your friends, don't. Live like I used to live, man. I was like you. But I found the truth. And the truth sets you free. And peace comes in your heart. There's nothing like living a life full of the Holy Spirit. And it gets better. I mean, at my age now, it gets better where I feel the Holy Ghost in the middle of the night. And then I roll over in bed three times. And, and, and wake up saying, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I mean, I get it all over me in the middle of the night, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for telling me you're still here. God insists on a life of holiness. 
Holiness is not an option. Everybody say it's not an option. But a must. Say holiness is a must. So listen to this. Some Christians have wondered all this. If I obey this command, does that mean that I will never fail? The answer is, of course, we will fail. We all will fail at times. Even for the most godly Christian, there will be failure in the pursuit of holiness. Fail in the pursuit of holiness, not fail in the pursuit of something dumb, you know. That's why the Apostle John wrote this in 1 John 1.8 in the Living Bible. If we say that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. The Passion Translation says, if we boast that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and strangers to the truth. Let me bring it closer to us by using an example. Like I'm witnessing to somebody, and I used to do this all the time, and, and I used people in the church as, as, as an example because they, they murdered people, they were in prison, they, they weren't full of drugs, they came in like, like Gabriel with drugs in his socks, and, and, and they came, you know, they, they were using all this, you know, they tell me all these stories, and, and they got, I didn't have, I had a bad life by sin, but not like drugs or anything like that, you know, and, and so I used their example and witnessed to them, you know, and, they, and they're listening, right? About, about this person telling, uh, you might be telling them the same thing. You know, instead of just telling them about me, I, I use examples, you know, how, how you come to church and change, you know. Um, and, and we tell them how this person so close to us now changed their life, accepted Jesus and our men on fire for God. That person is, uh, is saying, wow, awesome. And he, and, he, and he said, okay, this is what the answer was for the, when I was witnessing. They said, oh, but he needed that. See, because they see that they don't have no sin. They think they're, they think they're okay. They, oh, I, I never used drugs. You know, I, I never did this. I never did that. So, man, they needed to go to church. And I'm like, I was hoping they would see it, but not, they used that against me by saying, well, that person needed it, obviously. I don't, I don't need it. I'm not that bad, you know. Cause so, so that's the kind of person that said, if you say you never sin, you're lying to yourself. Because no matter how clean you think you are, you sin. No matter how clean you are, you have to ask Jesus to forgive you to get saved. So he can wash your sin away. The nature. He's talking about sin nature. Not one particular bad thing that you did, but you had the nature of the devil. And it has to change to the nature of God. But I didn't know, so I was just witnessing, trying to get them to church using an example. Well, now I don't use an example. I just tell them the truth. You're going to hell. You know? <laughs> Then I describe hell, you know, and how it is, and you never die, but you stay in there burning forever and ever and ever, you know. And, 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 and that's, so, tell it like it is, you know. Uh, <laughs> or some will say, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, a, I'm not on drugs, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. I mean, heard that. This good, <laughs> wow. I'm okay. That person needed it. So 1 John 1.8 is, is, is talking about some <laughs> that, that say they're good. You know, are you getting this? If we say that we have no sin, we, de we, we deceive ourselves. So that's for everybody in the world that has not accepted Jesus. They all have sinned. 
The minute that the baby grows to five years old or whatever it is that knows better, already started sinning, disobeying. Hmm. Remember what I said at the start of this lesson. We still have a sin nature within us until we give it all to God and he creates a spirit in us. And we still live in a wicked world, ruled by wicked devils. Temptation is on every corner. Are you, are you getting it? And their old nature sometimes wants to respond to that. That's why you have to turn all this off. Turn the news off. Turn all the stuff that we used to do. You know, stop going to those nightclubs where you used to go. Stop listening to that music because that music has all those words in it. So that's the work that you do. Workers staying holy is stop listening to those words. I mean, if I walked into a house and they had those, those songs on, you know, whatever, country music, whatever it is, with those words in them, and they say to me, they're born again, I, do, I wouldn't believe. I mean, you would never come into my house and hear a song, a worldly song, you know. Hallelujah. We work at staying holy. And here's, here's the key. Before I get there, here's, let me read uh, John, 1 John 1.8 so we can really get it in our heart. 1 John 1.8 in the message. If you have the message up there, you used to have it, the message. It's easier to read it up there. Yeah, but, but if we claim that, that, that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we, if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, clean break of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins. That's what he did when you came up to the altar. He forgave your sins and purged you of all this wrongdoing. Huh. If we claim that we're never sinned, we are out of touch. We're out of, you know, we're out, out, you know, we contradict God, you know. We make a liar out of him. And God doesn't lie. If he says so, it's real. So take notes, okay? What is the object of the most earnest prayer? What are we determined to do with our lives? If we want to train ourselves to be godly, then there must be holiness in every area of our lives. Did you hear that? Every area of your lives. Let me get more specific. When Apostle Paul exhorted the Ephesian church to a life of holiness and to stop living like the unsaved world, he dealt with three general areas. Three general areas. So let me go over them. And I think I've covered some of them last week. One of them is morality. And what's morality? Number one is morality. What's morality? A refusal to live, a refusal to lie or to steal or to deceive anyway. So the first area, you must make a decision that you will not lie. Even if the temptation is there to lie. Where were you? Why are you late? You got to tell the truth, you know? Even it hurts because you're obeying God. You're not obeying your wife or your husband. 
You're in obedience to God. He's the one that's going to open the windows of heaven on you because you didn't lie. And you didn't deceive people. Number two, peacefulness. Right? Peacefulness. And what is that? Well, freedom from bitterness. You no longer were bitter against your friends, your relatives, somebody that doesn't call you anymore, whatever. Bitterness is, 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 is a, man, it's a killer. You, know, you, might, you might love the person you're with, but you're bitter against your sister, your brother. Freedom from anger. I don't remember the last time I was angry, you know. I mean, anger is, a, is you know, it creates a lot of problems. And some people walk angry all the time. They start church angry. <laughs> Freedom from strife. Strife. You, you write them down and you, know, you, you live your own life. You know if you have strife, that I'm going to be free from strife. I'm going to be free from anger. And I'm going to be free from bitterness. And purity is at number three. Not, not even a hint of sexual immorality in word or look or thought or act. Who can agree with me that, that, needs, that, they, that we need lessons on holiness? Jesus is coming soon. Can you say amen? amen. It's time for us to clean up. No spots or wrinkles. He said it's coming back for a church with no spot and wrinkle. Man, I want to take all the spots and wrinkles out of me. I used to have a lot of them. I thought everybody saw them, you know. You got to work on those wrinkles. The Word of God talks about um, all different kinds of temptations and how the men of God stayed pure. I mean, even in the book of Daniel, you see the forbidden food and, and, and rich foods. He decided he wasn't going to eat like that, you know. And let's read in, in Daniel 1.8 in the NLT. 1.8 in the NLT, and I know you have the NLT because I saw it up there. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself. You see that? See, Daniel, whatever your name is, Joe. Joe was determined not to defile himself. You know? Carlos, wherever he went, is determined not to defile himself. I'm just making names, you know? you determined not to defile yourself, you know? So I ain't going to be acting like that. All right? Daniel determined not to defile himself. By what? By eating the food and wine given to him by the king. The king gave it to him. He's supposed to honor the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat this unacceptable foods. Because they didn't ex those were unacceptable to God. Man. See, he, 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 he reached a decision firmly, resolved. You know what that means? Hell bent or die. Single-minded. I am not doing that. But Daniel made up his mind. Everybody say he made up his mind. So you have to make up your mind. I'm not doing that, what I used to do. And you know what that used to do is. I don't know what it is, but you know something that was hindering you. I'm not doing that anymore. Not to defile, to taint, dishonor himself. And the kings were eating the king's finest foods. The feeds were not, the, the food was good, the finest food, but they weren't the food that God told him to eat. With the wine which the king drank. So he asked the commander of, of officials that he might, if he could be excused, so that he would not defile himself. 
Maybe I mentioned going to the king and said, can I be excused from eating your food that defiles you? Because I don't want to be defiled like you, you know? See, God tells us that Daniel and Job were, were two of the most righteous men that ever lived. And, and, and look how Job handled holiness. In Job 31.1, and he amplified. He said, I have made a covenant, an agreement with my eyes. Huh. He made a covenant, an agreement with his eyes. So that's something you have to do. You have to, may I make a covenant and agreement right now with my eyes, with my stomach. <laughs> How then could I, could I gaze lustfully at a virgin? I guess he had a problem with virgins or looking at them. The Living Bible says a virgin is a girl, another version of a young woman. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust upon a girl. A lot of people have problems with stuff like that. Are you listening? Ezekiel 14, 13 in the Amplified. One more. Son of man. Amplified. Ezekiel 14, 13. Son of man. If a land, if a, let me look at it. If a man, that looks like land up there, right? If a man sins against me by committing unfaithfulness and I stretch out my hand against it and destroy the source of bread and sin famine on from it. Let me read my son of man. Oh, if a land, yeah, if a land sins against me, that's like the United States, right? So like if the United States sins against me by committing unfaithfulness and I stretch out my hand against it and destroy its source of bread and send famine on it, cut off from it both men and animal. Even if there's three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in that land by their own righteousness, right standing with God, they could only save, deliver themselves, says the Lord of God. So if you are the only righteous man and woman left in Houston and he sends a famine against Houston, you too can only feed yourselves and you can't feed nobody else. But you would not be untaken care of because you made a covenant with God. Hallelujah. That's important. See, it says even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves. So you can't save your wife. You can't save your kids. But if you stay righteous, you'll save yourself. It's a, it's a one thing, you know. Are you getting something tonight? Are you getting a word from heaven? Hmm. A word that will save no one but yourself. Stay holy, stay righteous, stay obedient. The word holy and amplified calls it consecrated or sanctified. Be set apart. To be blessed, you got to be set apart. You're not like everybody else. So it's so obvious that your own relatives see that. They start looking at you and saying, you're not the same like you used to. What happened to you? Man, used to this, now you don't do that. Well, because I'm separated, I'm consecrated. You know, I gave somebody homework last week to read. Uh, who is that? Perlita, right? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm going to have her. She shared Ephesians. What was Ephesians uh, 14? Man, that's a lot of scriptures. You better have a good teaching here from the rest of the day here. Because it's, it's all related, you know. I like to use you guys to teach. So they say, man, if she can change like that, I can change. Amen. 
Amen. And he'll do it, too. Whoo. I know people be looking at me like that was only God. Because Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know my husband's forever grateful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am too, because, yes, I'm, I got a good husband. Amen. Okay. Um, yes, it was a lot of scripture, but it, it, it's what I got from it was mainly, this is my new life, right? And I'm a baby because I'm barely like eight months in it. So it's just like, I need to know how to act. It's kind of like when your dad or your mom is acting, like pushing you to like, don't touch that, that's hot. Or you know what I mean? Like, don't do that, you know, don't do this. So that's what I took it as. My father was giving me instructions on what he wants me to do, how he wants me to act, what he wants me to say, and not only what he wants me to do, but also what he don't want me to do. What he says, that's a big no-no, I'm gonna pow-pow you. You know, because blessing... Uh, comes only from obedience, but disobedience brings the curse. So be careful. No, right? Okay, so one of them was don't lie. And that was a big one for me because uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'd be like, I'll call you back, and then I'll never call him back. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the little foxes that ruin the vine. And it's true, right? Okay, so got to be careful. Uh, don't let emotions lead to sin, which is like passion and anger. Nothing. So even though I have a passion towards something or like a passionate anger, I can't let my emotions lead me to sin. If I if something gets me angry, I have to hurry up and let it go, because if I don't, then I give the devil a foothold. You know what I mean? So mm -mm. Um, don't give the slander or accuser an opportunity to manipulate you. So the devil is a, an accuser and a slander. So he's going to mock the word. And if you believe him, like if like somebody says like, you know, oh, well, it's OK for you to just go over here and you can stay out late, you know, and be around all these people. Don't don't listen to them that manipulate it like it's manipulating you. It's letting you slowly but surely go that way. And I know that the Holy Spirit was um, getting me ready because my best friend's party was coming. And I I realized then that I felt so out of place. Like I love her so much. We're friends for 35 years but when I was there, it was like nobody really wanted to talk to me, kind of. You know what I'm saying? And everybody was scared to cuss around me. Like, and I felt the respect, but it wasn't because of me. It was because I'm with the Lord now. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, it was, it was definitely different. And I know that these last three months, I'm gonna very, I'm oppressing really hard, and and I'm gonna shelter and block myself. And that's like him speaking about that today. Like you gotta stay holy. You gotta stay away from these people. You gotta understand that you can't do that no more. You know what I mean? You're in this world, but you're not of this world. You know? It hit me hard for real. It did. Oh man, I had to repent. I felt guilty for just chilling. Um, <laughs> seriously. You, um, you'll have enough to bless others. So that's another thing also. You know, the Lord will bless you so you can have, you can be able to bless others. When you're in obedience, he'll bless you. And then you'll be able to bless others. And in turn, the whole kingdom gets blessed because you're pouring into each other. They're pouring into you. You know, you're encouraging them. They're encouraging you. And that's all being led by the Holy Spirit. And I love that the translation that it used, it said, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ. And have you ever sealed a letter? it's done like you lick it it's closed it's over with and I that spoke to my spirit so much because I'm sealed in Christ there's nothing that's gonna that's gonna un, unseal that like it's sealed in Christ Christ 
his blood has sealed me in his own self. So I am of God. You know, that it spoke to my spirit so like deeply. I had to read it over and over like sealed, 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 sealed. Like it's done. Like it's plastered. It's closed. That it's over for the devil. You know what I'm saying? And, and amen, amen, amen. Never grieve the Holy Spirit by taking advantage of his influence in your life. So, and, and, and that means like, if you hear that unction, you hear that, you, you know you feel it, and you, you're grieving the Holy Spirit by, by not listening to it. So don't complain. Don't, don't sit there and worry. That's even a sin. Don't sit there and think about what's going to happen or what this is going to do. No, like just speak the word over it. Amen. No matter what, no matter what, the Father, the, you have to be wanting to obey the Father, the obedience. The obedience is the most thing because you have, when you're in obedience, then you're becoming an imitator of God. You're becoming what God wants you to do. And everything that you do, you walk completely surrendered into God. And don't listen to empty words by those who decept, uh, have deceptive teachings. Don't even live like them. So you'll know by its fruit. Amen. You'll know that that that's not right you know what I mean and I mean we're called to tell the truth and we're called to be like look my brothers and my sisters I don't think that that's right it says here don't get angry it says here in the word you know um what we're supposed to do and I believe that this is a really good teaching because it's teaching us what we should and what we shouldn't be doing no lying don't be greedy you know bless others watch what you say and a you're sealed in Christ when you follow these instructions of your father. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's all wonderful, powerful word. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, coming from one of your own students is powerful. Man. So commit to live what we claim to believe. See, if you're going to tell people what you believe, then commit to live in front of them like what you've said you believe. Because they're, they're examining you. They'll keep an eye on you. And you know, the minute you fail, they say, oh, see, I knew they were lying, you know. <laughs> they're waiting for that, you know. A commitment, you know, commit a vow. is I mean, a commit to live by what we claim to believe. And, and a commitment is not a vow, you know. It's a resolution. Man. A certain way to live a certain way. A resolution is to resolve it is a done deal. It's it, you know. The dispute is settled. It's received. I'm gonna live like that. I'm not gonna talk about it. Man, hallelujah. We will never have conviction. You need a conviction, a strong belief. We will never have conviction without knowledge. You know, you gotta have knowledge. Thank you, Jesus. What, what, you, what you studied, and I want everybody to write this down, and you studied for yourself. It was Ephesians 4, 25, to Ephesians 5, 7, straight through. And watch you get something from that. Y'all study that on your own. She just gave you a little, little uh, you know, example of what she read. But, man, when you read it and start eating it, eating it like food, by the time you finish this, this scriptures, you're going to be a different person, I guarantee. Then if you're sitting here tonight, and I doubt because most of you, I can recognize, you know, you've been here for a while, you know, so you're, and, but you never know, you know, if you've ever made Jesus the Lord of your life for real, or you just said you did, or you came up here, but you didn't know what you said. Uh, who, who, who knows that when you gave your life, 
to, Lord, to Christ, he became the Lord of your life. You know what being the Lord of your life is? That, that you obey everything the Lord tells you to do. So how many of you never really understood that you made the Lord of your life when you came up here for prayer? You don't know exactly what happened. Some of you might not know that you, you, you were dead spiritually, but your spirit became alive. The minute that you asked Jesus to, to uh, save you, to forgive you of all your sins, you became cleansed. You've justified. It's like you've never sinned. It's a beautiful feeling to go home that way, you know? Knowing that, man, I'm clean. I don't have nothing to be ashamed of. Now I just got to stay that way. Hallelujah. How many would like to make that commitment this morning, tonight? Anybody? Raise your hand. Okay. To, 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 give, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. No, no, you're already Lord. You know? <laughs> I know you're saved. <laughs> I can tell by listening to you. How many of you have the Holy Spirit baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, come on. I'm going to see your hands. If you... I'm going to look at this, and you don't have your hands up, and I'm going to have to call you up. I think not all the hands are up. So if your hand wasn't up, you need the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost, everything I taught tonight goes out the window because you can't do it. You need the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Why? Because you need to speak to God from your heart to Him, not from your head. We, we, we're so used to asking God for what my, our body needs, our head needs, our, our physical needs. But, but if you start speaking the language that He gives you to Him, then then you exactly tell him exactly what you what you desire it is, not what your head tells you or your stomach tells you. you know, he gives you the desires of your heart. And if desires is a, a whatever, you know, it could be a car, it could be a plane, it could be a, a ministry, it could be whatever. But you don't even know because your head's not t telling you what you're saying. You speak in tongues, you don't even know what you're saying. Now, how many of you really want that experience? I mean, tonight you can have it. How many of you wish I'd shut up and you don't need nothing? Go home, man. Raise your hand. Oh, hallelujah. All right, so if, if you need a miracle, you need prayer, you can come up while we worship like we always, and we'll pray for you. Uh, if you're okay, then uh, you can worship for a little while, and then you, then you can go home. Uh, but we're here for, for anything you need in Jesus' name.